Today's episode is presented by Veyer. Veyer was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. It returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. It is a true American wristwatch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Veyer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to VeyerWatches.com. Veyer is V-A-E-R Watches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. You are now listening to the q and Podcast. Is this what you want? What if I told you that I could change your life forever? We need to be able to defend ourselves. You have his blood. Must be the key to finding his pages. You can't win this game. They setting up for you to play. You gonna help us or not? For us, it's a rat race to the finish. And it's winner takes all. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Q&E podcast. You're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E podcast. Today, we are talking about episode four of Lovecraft Country. Kind of some mid. I'm going to just say that off real. Kind of some mid, but still good. Still good. This is definitely my least favorite episode, though, so far. I was just about to ask you that, bro. Did you? Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, love, like, or hate? Which one? I liked it. It wasn't too bad the way I hated it, but I loved episodes one through three. And this one, it was like, I'm interested, but it yeah. could have did better. So I liked it. Yeah. It was just way more playback in this episode. They were referring on a lot of shit that happened in the past few episodes, and they was using it for this episode. So I understood it. But like you said, it wasn't the most exciting episode. And then coming into the episode, bro, we had the predictions at the end of uh, episode three review. But just... Uh, give the fans another recap. What were you expecting coming to episode four? I was really expecting some, uh, how do I say it? Uh, I think we said rat like, race. We were talking about like a rat race. Yeah, it was like a rat race, kind of like booby trap type stuff. And mm-hmm. I expected each character to go through like that type of Indiana Jones kind of journey or something like that. And uh, we kind of got something to 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 that extent but mm-hmm. it was more so they were all going down the same path it wasn't like each person went down a separate path or on a separate journey that connected in the end it was like they all stuck together throughout their journey yeah and at one point i thought they were going to split up and uh, we're going to bring that point up later but i also thought it was going to be a rat race because in the previews you had seen it was like christina like she was driving somewhere it looked like uh diane and hippolyta was going somewhere and also it looked like letty montrose and tick we're all doing something and all going somewhere. So it was like, it looked like everybody was on doing on their like different paths to get something. But it ended up being just uh, Letty Montrose on the way to get the pages, basically, at the end of the day. We really didn't see Christina this much. I thought we were going to see Christina way more than what we did. I was, I was really upset with that because, like I said, Christina's my favorite character at this point. And I feel like we're not getting enough of her right now. I really don't. Give but me Christina less. Proving my point. Christina, I'm going to get into it later, but Christina proving my point. She proved my point. What do you mean she proved your point? What what point is what point is she proving? Not, not, not my point, but she's proving her her 
character that I feel she's going to be. She's proven her character to me. She's op. No, she's not. Not completely. Not completely an op. You're going with she's 100% an op. I'm like, no, she's on the fence. It's like she's helping on some occasions and then she's like, she's like, no, we're going to get our shit done at the same time. It's like, she's on the fence, bro. She keeps proving it throughout the series. How does she prove it, bro? But how does she prove it? What is the good that she's done? When, when, when we get to it, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll highlight it. I'll All right, bro. So we talked about that. So let's start off with the first scene. And this is episode four, and it was titled History of Violence. So we start off with Montrose, and he's like, he's going through it, man. You got some, you got some, uh, like a poem going on in the background. I want, uh, I think I looked at an explain video earlier today and it was like a, a war poem. It was talking about the cold war, what was going on back then and how everything was going down. And, look, and it's, it just looked like, and it's funny cause this is a playback to episode three where Hippolyta yeah. looked possessed. This yeah. looked like the same type of thing to me. It looked like, it looked like Montrose was possessed at the beginning of the episode. Cause I was like, I'm this like, goes with our theory. It's going with our theory. I like it. I it, like it, it is bro. It is. And so I'm like, damn. Is this a playback? Are they really trying to use the possessed thing? But then I was like, I don't know. So in this scene, we get that Montrose is going through it, and he has the bylaws of the book of, or not the book of names, but the bylaws of the, no, it's the order. He has the bylaws of the order. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sure yeah that's, that was the book he had. He had the bylaws of the order that had all of their rules and things like that in, in it, and he ended up burning the book, which had all of their rules. And you remember in episode two when uh, Uncle George died, he had told Montrose to give him, give the book to Tick to save, to protect the family. Yeah. And this nigga Montrose burns the book at the beginning of the episode. This I'm just nigga. like, bro, this already ain't gonna go well. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying, bro. And I just kept asking myself why uh, too many times when it came to Montrose throughout this episode. He always make decisions that you really need to consult the group with before you make them, and he doesn't do that. Like, that pisses me off so much. I'm like, bro, talk to somebody before you just do some shit. Like, bro, because he, he, he thinks he'd he be protecting Tick, but he doesn't. You'd be hurting Tick even more with the decisions you're making. Oh, my goodness. And I, I think that's what he was trying to do, though. By trying to burn the book, he was trying to get the, the book out of their lives forever so nobody else can, or it can't go forward. It can just stop right here. But it's just like, bro, so now we don't know how they think. We don't know how the order moves now because you burnt the book. Like, we had their secrets in our hands, and you burnt right. it. Bro. And you burnt it. But one point that stuck out to me in that first scene was at the end when he was burning it, he had said something interesting. He had said that it smelled like Tulsa. What did you get from that, from that, last, that last part of the scene? He said it smells like Tulsa? He said it smells like Tulsa when he was burning the book. I automatically think of Tulsa, Oklahoma. With, um, but I'm saying because at first I was like, is he talking about, I was like, I don't think he's talking about Black Wall Street. That's what I was thinking of. But then I had watched something else today, and it looks like he was talking about the Tulsa race riot that him and Uncle George went through 30 years before. So I think that's what he too. meant. So, yeah, that's what he was trying to go for, I think, by, by the Tulsa line. And I didn't understand that because at first I was – Thinking the, the the Black Wall Street thing. Uh, I, I thought of Black Wall Street and how it got burned down. I was yeah, but I'm starting. Yeah, but uh, I had watched something today, but it was talking about the race. It was definitely about the race riot, though. And I was like, ah, that made more sense. That made more sense. So yeah, now we get on to scene two. Scene two. This was when uh, 
Christina pulled up to Letty's house, right? So Christina pulls up to Letty's house. Christina's basically telling Letty, look, Tick tried to kill me and you need to <laughs> you need to um talk to him and basically get him like to calm down because he's not thinking what the decisions he's making right now and he needs somebody else with him on this journey if he's gonna try and solve his own family's history and whatnot. And Letty was just confused. She's like, What the hell do you mean? He tried to kill you and stuff and she was like, Oh, uh it was something that she said to Letty. It was um damn. It was one key sentence that she said. I mean, when she was talking about uh, stop making them think that men always, it's always revolved around men or something like that. That's what you're talking about? No, it wasn't that. Because that's important, too, because Letty yeah. said some shit about that later. She did, so. she did, she did. But, um, damn, what did Christina say? Christina said some shit. Mm. She had she said, said something about the Ori. She had said something about the Ori. She had, was asking about the Ori. Well, it was before that. I, I, if I remember, I'll get back to it. But she was talking about the the or I can't pronounce that shit. Ori. <laughs> the Ori. And Letty was like, the hell is the Ori? And basically the Ori is the it was the scroll shit that they was solar, looking for. It's like a solar system looks like, but it has two suns in, in it. It's the solar system that was in the house in episode three that Hippolyta found when she was looking around the house. And basically it tells you the way the so and it's not even our solar system. I think it was an entirely different solar system. And Letty couldn't find it. She was looking in the house, couldn't find it. it was nowhere to be found. And what else happened in that scene? Uh, she did tell Letty that men think the universe revolves around them with a lot of shit that they do. And, and also the the fact that she was trying to bust into the house, but she got stopped by the force field was the key part of that scene as well. She was trying right. to, because she, she was about to just walk right in that mirror. Like, it was all cool. And the force field had stopped her. And the force field was because of what happened in episode three. Yeah, yeah the with the witch doctor. Lady. Yeah. yeah, the witch doctor had put the blood, the goat blood on the, the wall. And she was like, yeah, like, she, nobody could get in. But this is why I feel like Christina, she's half good, half bad. Because she gives advice on how to help Tick. And she gives Tick advice on how to go about his journey of, figuring out what he needs to figure out. So I feel she like... she needs Tick at the end of the day. She needs Tick to do everything that, she, that she's doing right now, bro. She needs Tick for everything. I, know, all of I feel like... I see the intentions. I feel like the intentions are... That's happening. what's fooling you right now. But the intentions oh. are always bad, though. Like, they're never have, they never have good intentions behind them. None of them know. do. Because even with, like I said in episode two, when she had gave uh, Letty and Uncle George their memory back, that ended up being bad because they had she had locked everybody in their room so they couldn't console each other. So they got their memories back, but it's like, damn, at the end of the day, it's like, man, we just got our memories back and don't know what the hell is going on. And you're locking us in our rooms? That's bad intentions. And everything that she's going doing moving forward had bad intentions. Even oh. with this episode, buying Letty the house, she needed she needs to get in the house because she knew that the tunnel was underneath the house. She knew that. That's why she tried to walk right in. And she also knew the Ori was in the house. That's why she bought the house in the first place. So everything that she does, all of her intentions, everything that she, yeah, everything like she does has bad intentions, bro. Oh, I remember what it was. I'm glad you said that because she, uh, I forgot Epstein's first name. Hiram. Started with Hiram. She, uh, when she opened the door and she realized she couldn't get in, her and Letty were talking and Letty peeked instantly. She was like, how did you buy the house from Hiram? And, Letty was like, 
how do you, what you mean how I bought the house for height? How do you know Hiram? And then she looked at her and was like, wow, that money ain't come from my mama. Like, that came from you. I was like, damn, she picked up on that quick. So I was I was wondering how Letty was going to find out that that money didn't actually come from her mother. So I like the fact that they actually exposed that to Letty. I feel like she wasn't surprised, though, because obviously she knew her mama didn't have no money. So it's like, when you know your mama didn't have money, but you just surprised by money, when somebody gives you a hint like that, it's just like, ah, okay. Now it, now, now pieces are starting to click together. It's really yeah. trying to put it together now. All right, bro. Now we get to the, the Hippolyta scene where she's messing with the Ori, and we start to get more details on what the Ori is. So, so she basically says what you, you just said. Like, it's with two sons. It goes around. It's not, in, it's not our solar system. And she was talking to her dad on the phone, and she was like, yeah, that's a, and his, her dad was like, yeah, that sounds like something that's really not in this universe. You're really talking to me about some, some bullshit, basically, is what you're telling me right now. You ain't telling me nothing that's really happening inside of the world. She was like, I don't know. It's something with this Ori that we need to get working. And then she had the conversation, looked like with one of the workers. And she was like, she was like, yeah, this is an Ori or whatever. And she was, and then a key point that the, uh, the dude had said, he had said, Everything has a key. What he said, every every lock thing has its key. Right. So obviously, that's going to play some foreshadowing on what's going to happen in the future in the future minutes of this episode, bro. Didn't she say it was kind of broken or something like that? Yeah, I said it was broken with the gears. Yeah, and she couldn't fix it because you had to unlock it some kind of way. So yeah, and the most interesting thing of th- about this scene, bro, and I'm gonna dive a little bit more into my theory a little bit later, but it was Emmett Till. I don't know if you've seen him again. They yeah. called him. They called him Bobo, though. They didn't call him Emmett. They called him Bobo, and that was his nickname. I had to look it up because I was like, "That's the same dude that played Emmett Till." Yeah. But I didn't think that Emmett Till was gonna come back, though. Did you think he was gonna come back? Because remember, in the last episode, he said he was going on this trip. Yeah, I didn't think he was gonna come back. So this still must be before he. Obviously, I mean, obviously, it's still before he goes on his actual trip. So yeah, and so he had I'm, the hat. He had the hat in this scene. Not only did he have the tie, but this time he put his hat on too, like in the picture that we see Emmett Till from, like he got the hat with the tie and everything. So I was like, he getting this whole outfit together now. So next time we see this nigga, he probably gonna be like, you know, the rest. So And and that's why I think Emmett Till and his storyline and his story is in general is gonna play a huge part in this story. Y'all yeah. remember what I said. He's gonna play a huge part in this story, bro. Going forward, I'm gonna dive more into my theory though. So now we're at the library scene. So we're at the library. Letty is looking for Tick at this point. She goes to the Southside Library in Chicago where Tick, uh, he has his bags packed and he's reading all the books that later in the scene, he finds out Montrose has basically read all of these books. And he's trying to figure about, he's trying to figure out about uh, the Ori. He's trying to read up on uh, the Winthrop house, not the Winthrop house, the, um, the Epstein house. And yeah. He's just basically really trying to piece all the puzzles together and Letty finds him and she sees that his bass patch. She's like, so you were just going to try and kill Christina and this is go to Florida? He was like, I was only doing it because I'm just trying to keep y'all safe. And Letty's like, no, like this isn't only happening to you. Like you need to understand we all have to try and figure this out. Like you're trying to handle everything on your own. and That's, that's not how it works. And mm-hmm. that's when she looked at every single book he was reading and she's like, you're basically following in Montrose's footsteps because you don't know. He probably has read every single thing that you're reading. And then that's when she left. And, oh, another part about this library scene, it was foreshadowing to what they were going to do later in the episode. The little boy that kept telling them to shush, 
Did you peep what he was reading? His book, yeah, his book. He because uh, Tick, Tick had mentioned it in the in the, when it was like rising, the water rising scene. He had mentioned that uh, book again. Yeah, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and I I automatically thought I was like, there's got to be foreshadowing because that the the coloring of the book and everything it just stood out to me when I was watching. I was like, yeah. that's probably gonna be a hint to later in episodes. Let me remember the title. Yeah. Plus, I remember watching the movie Journey to the Center of the Earth. Mm. So the preview. Yeah, I ain't never watched it. Yeah. Episode. Yep. Yeah, I ain't never watched. So I, I knew he was gonna that like his character was gonna play like a role in this episode. But like when he just kept shushing him, he's like shh, shh. I was like, he has to mean something. His uh, I, I didn't think his character meant nothing. I just seen the book, and I was like, okay, the book obviously means something. Yeah, because I had seen the book though, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I heard Tick mention the same book. I was like, ah, I get it. Because I didn't know if it was gonna be the book or if him or because I thought it was gonna could have been like some Emmett Till shit. Maybe he was somebody like Emmett Till, like. I couldn't tell straight up because we didn't know who his name, but maybe if I watched an explain video, they would have told me, but it was like, nah, it's just the book that really was the key part of that scene. But yeah, that's what, yeah, that seems all about was he wanted to get to the booby trap vault. So he was looking for everything, all the hints to get to the booby trap. And, vault. Uh, Letty tried to help him, but he was like, no, like just get out of here. Just yeah. Like, I don't yeah. And the, and the reason why Tick wanted to get to the vault before Christina was because he wanted to protect his family, obviously. But also so he can create spells on his own. Right. That was the real big reason. Like, he's already a break white and he already has that blood. So if he can actually get some spells under his belt, like, this man could be unstoppable at the end of the day. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, he can go past, like, just stopping Christina. This man can, like, rule a estate just like the break whites had. He can have his own, basically, bro. So I was right. like, ah, I get it, though. So now we get to the scene where we're at the bar. We're at the bar. We're with Montrose. We're with Letty. And Tick ends up walking in. Interesting, interesting thing about this bar and the bar owner, though. They, they, they're going to mention it in the future, in the future scenes. But remember when the, uh, when the bar owner was getting his, his dick sucked in the back of the, in the back of the, in the back yeah. of the uh, bar? It's going to play a key role. And then, should I say it now? Tree has said that Montrose was gay because he was messing with the store owner or the, the bar clerk at the, yeah, I peeped that. I was like, because it was when Tick, it was when Tick, like, later, we'll get to the scene, but it was later when Tick was like, I ain't no sissy. I was like, yeah. whoa, is this foreshadowing? Like, is Montrose gay? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And it's uh, funny because if you watch The Wire, you already know in The Wire that Omar is gay. He's one of the hardest niggas in, he's the, the hardest nigga in The Wire. But he is a gay man at the end of the day. So it's funny how they're making him like a gay character in this show as well, bro. So I like how they're doing that. But obviously, this scene was more about trying to, trying to direct themselves where the, the, the vote was. And they were trying to t ask Montrose. They were like, Montrose, we see you read all the books, bro. We, want, we need more information. And Montrose, thinking that he wants to protect Tick so badly, he's saying that, no, I'm not going to tell y'all nothing. There's nothing that y'all need to know. Y'all just need to stop it. Y'all need to stop. And then he ends up saying something about uh, it's 34, it's like 34 tribes. Like, y'all don't need to know about the other 34 lodges. And they're like, what do you mean 34 lodges? And he was like, man, I don't know. Just, <laughs> I was like, you can't just say nothing like that. And say, oh, this nigga gets on my nerves. Oh, man, I said nigga. But still, man, this dude get on my nerves, dog. Because he's, he knows so much about this, but he lets them know nothing. Oh, my. Goodness, bro, and and I and I think that was the reason why he did what he did at the end as well, bro. I really think that was the reason because he knows so much, so he probably knew old girl at the end. I really think he did. But uh, in this scene, Montrose also said that there was a vault in Boston, 
And yep. so everybody was basically like, okay, so that's obviously the next step. We got to get to Boston and get to this vault. And now we get to the – Christina meets up with the cops. And, and before we go into that, uh, you really get to see how Montrose and Tick are so much alike. Even though it's controversy and we don't know if Uncle George or Montrose is really his father – you can still see that he has tendencies of both because Letty pointed it out. It's like, you really just going to let your son walk into this trap with no knowledge, what's no further knowledge than what like you're giving us. And you know so much on how to go about the next few steps. You don't want to just come and help us. And she was like, I see where he gets it from. And I was just like, damn dog. Like Montrose, you got to grow. You have to develop as a character. Like everybody is basically telling you like, get off that dumb shit. Like, yeah. And I, and I don't really think his character is going to develop before this nigga is – I feel like he's going to die. He's going to die by the end of this season. I really feel like Montrose is going to die. And I don't think his character will develop. I think he's going to be the same hard-headed dude by the end of the season. If I he feel like it's going to gonna be some real – I'm predicting that he's going to – he's going to grow and literally, like, at the moment he grows shortly after he's going to die. I feel like that's what's going to happen. Kind of, because you kind of seen – you kind of seen growth with, like, the fatherly advice he was trying to give Tick – when they, when they were uh, when it was like the water and like they was about to drown, he was giving him advice about Letty and things like that. And also when he was told him that he was proud of him at the end of the episode, it was just like, okay, now we're starting to understand like you actually the father's side is starting to come out of you now. So we're starting to see that growth because at the beginning of the the series, it was just like it felt like you hated dude. It felt like you hated yep. Tick. Like you didn't even want to be his dad type junk. But it's like now you're starting to like open up to Tick a little bit more. Not much. But you're starting to open up to him more. You're starting to tell him, like, the truth more. So it's like, I'm starting to like how that's going, bro. So, yeah, uh, the Christina and the cop. Uh, Christina is out in the neighborhood with other white kids playing hide and seek and tag and whatnot. And then you got some, I think it was two. It was two police officers that pulled up on her. And I'm like, she getting arrested or something? Like, I was confused. Yeah. I was confused. I was like, let's see where this goes. And then she gets in the car. They take her to the police station. And she goes into the sheriff's office which is behind the trap door, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah, I am about to say, the sheriff's office was behind the trap door, which stuck out to me. I'm like, how are you a police station and you're the sheriff and your office is behind the trap door? Like, that's that's a public building. That <laughs> I was like, that just threw me off. But, but, bro, I don't know if you peeped the scene, but you remember when, like, it looked like Christina had walked to, like, a closet or something and she had rolled, like, she had rolled the blinds and it sounded like a dude was moaning in there. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't know who was in that closet, but that's probably why it's in the back door because he got somebody hiding there. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? So that's like his, because I want to say he's like a lodge. He's like a he's a lodge member. The, mm -hmm. the captain of the 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 cop captain. He's the lodge member. So I'm assuming that has something to do with the lodge members, the as sons of Adam type thing. I don't know who was in that closet, but it was somebody. It was somebody moaning in there, and I don't know who it is. But I feel like that it's gonna play like, a big damn, somebody dying or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that was, bro. And I couldn't even guess who it was either, because I was trying to guess who it was, and I was just like, I don't know. I really don't. Now, not even gonna lie, this scene was probably the hardest for me to remember because I couldn't really find the relevance of it throughout the rest of the episode. Oh, bro, what you mean? This was about the time machine. She told that was this she said time machine. That was the only shit that like really stuck out to me. The, the most important part about this scene was because she had said, "Why did why how, why did you let black people move into that house?" Was the first thing she had said. Why you let black people move into that? Okay, house? yeah. And then she was no. like, and then she was like, she first she had asked that, and then she was like, "Where's the orrery?" She was like, "The orrery is the key to the time machine. I need the orrery." 
And then that's when they got into the little back and forth about, oh, uh, because she, he had ended up coming at her. He was like, oh, you ain't even a part of the order. Why are you worried about uh, the break whites and things like that? Because women can't be a part of the order. Basically what they were trying to do with Tick. Like, so see, that's why that didn't register to me. I'm like, she calling it a time. Isn't that what they were trying to do with Tick in episode two? Trying to do what? When uh when they were trying to when uh what's his name? He was trying to get eternal eternal life. She isn't trying to get eternal life though. I think she so, wants to get a But I'm saying, like, wasn't that basically a time machine when they were trying to use Tick body? Oh no, that's this this is a difference, I think. I think oh, that this is a difference. I because was that, that was the Garden of Eden. That was the Garden of Eden. And I thought this it was like, like an actual time machine. Time machine. That's why no, 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 no. This is just a time machine to get from like the 1940s to the 2000s to the 2020s. That's why I was confused. That's, that's why the time. That's why it's the time machine like that. You can go a couple days before. Oh. Yeah. So it's that type of time machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just eternal life to get to the Garden of Eden. He was trying to be like Adam. Like that's completely different. That's a completely different thing. And okay. this is why. And like, yeah, we just said that scene already. But this is why Emmett Till will play such a big factor in this show. It's because of the time machine, bro. Because we all know Emmett Till died when he went to... Where, where did he die? I forgot where Emmett Till died. Where did he die? Damn, where did he die? He had went to the South, though. I know he went to the South. I don't remember, I don't remember where he died. Let me see. Yeah. I remember Emmett Till went to the South, and obviously y'all know this Emmett Till story. He was accused of whistling at a white woman, and he was kidnapped and beaten. I feel like they're going to play on that in this show. Because... It was in Mississippi, so yeah, it was in the South. So he went to Mississippi for a trip, and like you said, he already already lived in Chicago. So he went there for a trip, like I said, accused of a white woman, uh, whistling at a white woman. But they're going to play on that because Emmett Till could still get killed in this show. And news gets back to Diane, can get back to Hippolyta, can get back to Tick. And they have the Ori. So if they find out that the Ori can uh, be a time machine at the same time, they can play on that and take Emmett Till out of that situation. They can yeah. avoid that situation with Emmett Till, so he, wasn't, so he wouldn't even be whistling at a white woman at all. They might take him back to Chicago, I don't know. But they're going to play on that Emmett Till getting killed situation with the time machine. So they could go back a couple of days and tell Emmett not to go to Mississippi, or they could just take Emmett out of that situation. I don't know. But they're definitely going to play on that in the future episodes, though. Definitely going to play on that with that time machine. I like that prediction. And, and yeah, and that, and that was my theory. And I had told Edgar I had, got, I had a theory, but that was my main one. After watching it the second time, I was like, I get it now. The time machine, they're going to play on that. And I was looking at the, um, the episode list, the episode title list. And yep. one of them things has said, uh, Jigga Bobo is one of the titles of episode eight. So they definitely going to oh, play yeah. on that. So he, he going to be all the way to the end, damn near. Yeah. yeah, so they definitely – so I'm guessing by that time they're going to uh, discover how the Ori works with the time machine, and that's how they're going to get uh, Bobo or Emmett Till out of that situation. So that's how they're going to play on it going forward, bro. So, And that's something I really want to see, bro, because if y'all do some shit like that, like some historical event, and y'all get them out of the – oh, my God. Because that would – because just looking back, if, y'all, if you gave black people a time machine, that's what they would go back and do take their yeah. people out of situations where obviously they shouldn't be in. That's what a lot of people are, or to get their family back. Like if somebody died in your family, obviously if you had a time machine, you're going to obviously put, take your family member out of that situation where he don't get shot or he don't die or some shit like that. That's what black people are going to do with the time machine. They're not going to do nothing, no stupid shit. Like go back to the 1940s for what? Cause that obviously wasn't yeah. advantageous to us. Yeah. Why do we want to go back to those times or those, 
like you like you've seen the shows, the cartoons. They always want to go back to the times where it was no TV, like the Flintstones days, the shit like that. Yeah. That, ain't, that ain't no cool shit. They would exactly. take they, they would take their people though out of certain situations where they could still be here today. That's what black people would do. And that's what right. they're gonna play on in the future episodes, though. So I rock with that with Lovecraft, and that's why I like this episode, though. I didn't I like love it, but that's why I like the episode because like, they're playing on Emmett Till, and I'm starting to catch it now. So yeah. Um, what else? Um, I think that was it for that scene. Now we get on to them starting to head to Boston. Now, like I said, the vault is in Boston in a museum. That is what uh, Montrose had told Letty and Tick. So Letty Montrose Tick. With also Diane, Di- Diane had tagged along, Hippolyta had t- tagged along, and also Tree, Tree was the dude from the bar. And at first, I was like, how the hell did like, they tag along with Montrose? I'm like, bro, why is he telling them what they're doing? And then he was like, we taking her car. Like, I can't just take her car and not tell her what we're going. So yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. Because when I seen them walk up, I was like, this man, Montrose. <laughs> <laughs> because at first, bro, I, I did think it was that. I thought he, he wanted her there because he wanted her to mess up the plans. I thought yeah. that's what Montreal did, but he I was like, that's what he was doing. Yeah, but then he was like, nah, I didn't tell him nothing. I just told her we going to Boston because we need her car. I was like, okay, okay, Montreal. I had a lot of questions. I still had a lot of questions, yeah. but you slide. You get to slide with that <laughs> one. You get to slide. But the reason what I didn't get was the tree thing. Why did yeah. tree come along? I didn't like that part. But then I think he was just involved in this episode because he told Tick about Montrose being gay. I feel like that was the only reason he was involved in this episode at all. But the confrontation he had with Letty. That too. And that's yep. something I had said about episode three, bro. So I'm glad, I'm glad they brought that up. I'm really <laughs> glad they brought that up too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So they- I mean, it's really, it was really Hippolyta that allowed him to go on the trip. Everybody <laughs> else was like, we don't care that you got people in Boston. Like, you not riding with us. Ex- like, oh. Exactly, bro. And she did that because she knew something fishy was going on. Right. And you could, you could see her face because they were all packing up in the back and they was all talking about the situation. And you could see Hippolyta looking like, y'all niggas up to something. Like, exactly. I don't know what y'all up to yet, but y'all up to something. And then when, and when Tree had asked to come along, she was like, yeah, come on here. Yeah, but, you, come on. Face, but you see her face had changed to like, yeah, I'm, y'all gonna get caught up in something. Y'all got caught up in something. Like, let's let's bring everybody. If everybody wanna come, everybody let's go. They just looking like, oh my god, why is everybody <laughs> on the trip? Yeah, bro. Because she heard everybody's reactions to it. She heard everybody. Oh my god, bro, we don't want this dude on a trip. And so she was like, yeah, everybody tagging along and all that. So they head on to Boston. So this is the one we get the Ruby scene. So, man. I got a bone to pick with Ruby. Isn't this your favorite side character? <laughs> My favorite side character, but I got a bone to pick with her, uh, So Letty's at this, uh, not Letty, uh, Ruby's at this bar. She performing, singing on the guitar and all that stuff. And oh, this department, this is the uh, department store scene. Oh, the part, oh, we ain't at that part yet. Okay, I don't got a bone to pick with her yet. <laughs> but oh, that, oh, if you talk, if you talk about the bar, then I feel you then. If you yeah, talk about I, the I bar, gotta, I feel you, I feel you. But we have Marshall's right yeah. now. We have Marshall's yeah. with this scene. She going in. She must be going to apply for a job based on what we was talking about earlier. She's going up into the department section looking at clothes. It's all white. There's no black people in there. And she sees this young black lady, and she's obviously a worker. And Ruby's looking at her like, what the hell? Like, how is she working in here? Not, not necessarily how is she working in here, but it's like, bitch, I know you ain't just take the position that I was coming to apply for. And the black girl seen her, so she comes over there and is like, you need help with anything? Ruby's like, no, nah, I'm just looking. And she was like, when did you start? 
And she was like, I literally just got hired yesterday. And Ruby looking like, damn, bro, like, you for real? Like, she was so pissed off about that. And it wasn't really too much context to that at that moment, which was why I kind of felt like it was a filler scene, but it played a part later. It, it was filler, but it had a little – it had a relevance when we got to that bar scene. Yeah. Because she started blaming the whole situation on why she didn't get the job on Letty. Because yeah. if you guys remember in episode one, she had told Letty that she wanted to work at Marshall's and she was going to apply at Marshall's. But obviously she got caught up with Letty with the pioneering. And things. Yeah, yeah, she was the pioneering that she couldn't apply uh, right away when it came to that. So she had to wait like – probably a few weeks to apply and her job was taken in that time frame. So now she like, she letting, she, uh, now she had told William, uh, Letty had distracted me, this, that, the third. And I was like, oh, okay. And it played relevance as well, bro, because of how they're going to manipulate, how they're going to manipulate Ruby, meaning Christina and William, because I think she will be getting manipulated by them too. Oh, going yeah. forward in the future episodes. And also at the end of this episode, I feel like she was started to get manipulated a little bit, not to a full extent, but a little bit, you've seen it. And I feel like in future episodes, she will definitely get manipulated right. uh, by those two. Uh, next scene we get is from, that's when we get the, we already talked about it. That's when uh, Tree had told uh, Tick about Montrose being suspect and things like that. But the most interesting thing about that was Uncle George actually was what came to my mind because I was like, if if Montrose is gay, that's probably why Dora was messing with Uncle George. And I was like, and I, that was the first that was the first thing I thought about. That was the first. Didn't peep that. I gotta watch episode four again. I gotta. Watch. That's what I thought about, bro. I was like, oh, that makes sense then. So Dora probably wasn't getting on from from what's the name. They probably were just together. Maybe wasn't even fucking. Maybe. Maybe Montrose wasn't even dicking her down. I don't know what the situation was. But like, they, they was married, but back then, divorces, you just didn't get divorced just to get Or you had another family on the other side of the, the Yeah, state. like, you had a whole other family yeah, and still yeah. stayed married with who you was with. Like, that's just how it was back then. Nowadays, everybody get divorced after, like, three months. But back yeah. then, it wasn't no divorcing. You could have a whole other family, but you, you coming back home. Like, <laughs> exactly. And that's what it was in this situation. I, I'm pretty sure that's why Dora went to Uncle George. Because Uncle George is hetero. Obviously, he has a daughter. He's hetero. So I'm like, ah, this makes sense now. And that's probably why um, Montrose didn't want Uncle George to tell Tick that he was his son. Because you've, you've seen it when Uncle George was about to die. Like, he wanted to tell Tick about yeah. the situation. But Montrose was like, no, we already discussed that. No, we're not going to tell him. So he was probably trying to hide that he was gay. And Uncle George was like, all right. But Uncle George was dying anyway, so it wasn't much that he could do regardless. But mm-hmm. that's what they're going to play on, though. Because Uncle, So I'm starting to feel like Uncle George is definitely his dad at this point. I feel like, he, I, I feel like that's what it is. Uh, I don't know, bro. I'm still on the fence. I'm still on the fence on it. I'm on the fence. Hey, bro. It, it could, but like, like you said earlier, though, they do have a lot of similarities, that's meaning Montrose and Tick. They have a lot of similarities that make you think, like, damn, they might be. It might be uh might be Ken, but that could be also that he was living with Montrose for most of his life as well. So you pick up on a lot of your so-called father's tendencies and okay. how he moves and things like that. But that doesn't mean that he could be uh Montrose's son. He could still be Uncle George's, but he was raised by Montrose. So that's right. that's obviously that's what it could be as well. But that's what I got from that scene when he had told Tick that. Uh, now we get to the museum and they find a vault and uh, after night overnight. So they get to the museum and 
before this happens, uh, when Tree was telling uh, Tick that Uncle George, not Uncle George, that Montrose might be suspect, we seen Montrose talking to the policeman. And I'm looking like, okay, Tree just made the gay comment. And now uh, Montrose, like, for some reason knows this security guard in Boston. I'm like, oh my God, this is the, <laughs> this is not coming together right the now. Worst, worst part about it is he said he met him at the bar. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, boy. I was like, this is not connected well at all. So I'm like, man, I just, just please don't show nothing with my toes being gay. Just, just let somebody say it. Don't give me no flashback or nothing like that later in the episode. Like, I don't need no flashback of that. But anyway, they come back to the museum that night, and they're looking at the, uh, the statue. Was it Titus? It was a statue of Titus, wasn't it? Yep. It was a statue of Titus with gators around it and all that because he was a voyager. He went to different lands and uh, did the book of names and the or the orrery shit with everybody, with every indigenous people that he met. And they seen the voyager map and it was like the moonlight that came into the museum, it connected with the statue that hit the, um. it was like a triangle effect. Like the moonlight came, hit the statue, and then the statue hit the map. And it caused the passageway to open down underneath the museum. So Letty hit the glass um, and took the map out of the um, thing. And it went down into the, um, into the what's, what you call it? The tunnel, tunnel, I guess. Tunnel. It was like a tunnel area. Yeah. yeah. It was like a tunnel area. And they got three different ways they could go. It was three different, uh, three different tunnels that they could go through to get to the point where they were trying to get. And this is why I thought they each were going to have their own, like, Indiana Jones type situation. Because Tick was like, there's three tunnels, and it was three of them. So I was like, this is what's going to happen. They're each going to go on different tunnels and each face different booby traps, and they're all going to meet up at the same point. It didn't go like that at all. But the thing is, bro, you know how black people always say, but you know how black people are with scary movies. They be like, hey, y'all better not split up. Y'all better not split yeah, up. Together. That was, that was, I was like, yeah, that was, that's the same mentality that they had. It was because you remember uh, Montrose had said, if that's not the right way, we just double back. He had said something like that. But when he had said that, I was like, hey, y'all don't got too much time because you remember yeah. he had said it's only like a two hours we had before uh, the museum opened back up. So he was like, we only got two hours. You feel what I'm saying? So he was like, we got to get this. And how long they were down that first tunnel, I was like, these dudes is not doubling like, back. No, it's on not double back. Yeah. And I like the fact that they didn't choose the one that Montrose said because Letty was like, uh, Titus's last expedition was in the Caribbean, I think. It was in the Caribbean. And Montrose thought it, it was, was in Guyana. It was in Guyana. And she was like, no, based off of what the tour guide was telling us, and the year that it happened, Montrose was like, you're right. Like, the year that it happened when he was in the Caribbean, three years later, that's when the Sons of Adam thing started. And that's how they picked which tunnel they went down. Honestly, bro, I still wasn't clear on why they picked the North Tunnel. I was understanding why he picked the, the West Tunnel, because obviously Guyana was to the west of that. But I was yeah. like, why'd they pick the North if they were still talking about the Caribbean? Like, it still didn't make sense why they went down the North Tunnel. I was like... It still didn't connect to me because even when she was saying the places, she, yeah, because like you, like you said, she said the Caribbean, but it still didn't make sense why they went down the North Tunnel to me. I was like, she, I felt like she just guessed that and they just went along with it. And I was like, I don't feel like she guessed it. I just feel like she literally went off of the information she was told, I guess. Mm -hmm. Montrose was trying to go off of experience, which is why I like, I low key, I believed his 
way of where to go, but when she went more in depth with what she was talking about with the year that it happened and whatnot, then I was like, okay, shit, go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I honestly believe that either way they went, they would have went into like the same type of booby trap vault to get to the end. They still would have had to, whatever tunnel they picked, they were going to get the same thing. So if they yeah. picked the North, if they picked the West, if they picked the East, they were still going to have to go through the same thing. So that's why I felt at the end of the day. So I was like, whichever one they would have picked, I feel like still would have had the same challenges per se. Okay, like you said, we go into, we break into the museum and they ended up picking the right way. And that's when we get to the plank scene. This is when we get to the plank scene. So they, they walk into the plank and obviously niggas looking at, niggas looking at each other like, Eh, who about to take this first step? Because, hey, this is a plank. And the plank looked long as hell. I was yeah. like, hey, I'm not stepping on that plank at all, G. It went so far out that the mist covered the, the other half. Like, you couldn't even tell where it was going to end at. Exactly. So if you're the first person ahead, it's like, bro, you could really just be walking. You don't know what you want. You're not You don't know what you're walking into. <laughs> and obviously, they didn't know what they were walking into either. So... They had made Letty go first, basically, because she was the lightest and she was the smallest, and it was ladies first, quote unquote. But that's not a ladies first type of thing. But I was like, Yeah, oh. I was about to say that. <laughs> they say she's supposed to be in the middle, like. <laughs> yeah, that's so I was like, uh, all right, I was like, I'll, I'll go along with it. But still, they had her go first. They had tied a knot around her waist, and I was like, okay, I, I really wanted to know how this was gonna go. So she was walking, she was walking. But so she before you dive too more too deep into it, I want to point out the the knot tying scene oh the freeman oh yeah yeah the, the freeman thing mm-hmm. even though um what's it called even though montrose made the story up just to get her to go out there and be first mm-hmm. it was a cool it was like a history lesson that he gave even though it wasn't real he was like she was like you sure it's not gonna hold and take like yeah like it's, it's a special knot that i learned like i know it's gonna she was like you learned this in the army and montrose was like no he learned it from me and i learned it from my daddy and he learned it from his and he learned it from his around the time of around the time of Juneteenth. Like it was it was a special way that slaves tied knots around these um on horses because we used to watch horses back when we were on the plantation and it kept horses from running away. And I was just like, damn, like it's crazy how certain certain things and certain habits that black people do is like knowledge that's been passed down over generations. Like mm-hmm. what we was talking about before the pod started, the chitlins thing. Like, that's been passed down from generations, and that's just food. That's mm-hmm. not even an actual skill or something that we do. So yeah. even though he lied about his family history doing that, it was just the fact that it's actually family histories that really coincide with that. Yeah, because he because after he had told her that story and she was already on the plank, Tick had said, Freemans was never slaves. And he was like, <laughs> you see, she on the plank, ain't she? She on the plank. Because I actually think he learned that from the army. But if he would have said army, I don't think she would have trusted it because we don't trust the military. Yeah. So I think that she would have been like, oh, I don't know, Tick, I don't know. But he, he, he had to tell her that story to be like, okay, if it, if it held the horses, it's cool there. You know what I'm saying? So that was a cooler, cooler part. So um, Letty gets out into like the middle of the, the plank and it's like a pendulum. I think that's what it's called, like a pendulum that keeps- It was like a pendulum axe, yeah. Yeah, it's like a pendulum axe. So Letty was like, she's like, Tick, Tick, you know what I'm saying? And they can't see Letty. It's the mist, so the mist is blocking Letty. All you can hear is Letty's, yeah, yelling their name, so they don't know what's going on. So Tick got to go onto the plank, which had me nervous, because I was like, how much weight can land on this one plank? You know, the plank was skinny, too. 
So I'm like, how but it was find out it's a magical plank. So yeah, it, it, that's true. So I, but watching it, like just watching it, uh, my first watch, I was like, I hope too many, uh, all three of them don't get on because it will break. But like yeah. you said, it's intermagical. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it was magical. But still, they had the pendulum thing going. They had the pendulum. So I was like, okay. So Letty ends up jumping through, and they had to time it. They had to time the pendulum, and she ends up jumping through. And then so uh, Tick was about to was Tick about to jump, or he had to go back for uh, what's his name? Yeah, he had to go back for Montrose. So he goes back for Montrose, and the the plank starts to disappear. Obviously, it's a magical plank, so it starts to disappear. This was the funniest part of the whole. It was the funniest part. This was the funniest part of the whole episode to me, bro. <laughs> because, because he goes, he goes back to Montrose, and Montrose is like, "Man, I ain't jumping, right?" He said, "I ain't jumping, I ain't jumping," and he and uh, Montrose throws him his bag. Tick drops the bag. Drops the bag. I, was, bro, I, I put it in my notes. <laughs> I was like, "If you think I'm finna jump after you just dropped the bag, you're nuts." Like, you better catch me. Like, <laughs> you dropping a three pound bag. You better catch me. Bro, I'm not jumping if you just dropped the bag, my G. I'm not jumping. I would have turned around and went up that little rope back to the museum. I'm not jumping with y'all. Yeah. But they needed Montrose, as we've seen by the end of that. They needed Montrose. But if I was Montrose, I'm not jumping if you just dropped it. <laughs> I swear I'm not. But that was the and fact that Tick was that strong that Montrose could yeah. jump. And his, his tick balance is crazy. He move. <laughs> you got like a hundred and something pound man jumping on you and you hold him and still able to keep your balance. Who knows how long the drop would have been if they would have failed. So <laughs> That's true, but I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it would have it been a hell of a fall. Because that's one of the things you couldn't see either. The mist was covered on the ground, so you couldn't even see the ground either. So yeah. So yeah, he ends up catching uh, Montrose and they end up going through the plank. Both of them end up getting through the pendulum but like I said, the, the plank is disappearing. So by the time they get to the end of the plank, it's like a wall with Whoa. like a, yeah, with like combinations. And it's funny because it was a playback to what happened in the first scene, and it was in the, uh, the book of bylaws. And I'm yeah. going to read it right now. It was that Adam named, Eve fucked, God created monsters, monsters devoured, and God spite Eve. So that was like the first part of the, the episode that we seen that, that was in the book. It was that before Montrose burned it. And before Montrose burned it, that's what we seen. And so it, it was obviously foreshadowing to this scene because they needed the combination. So it was like a it was like a god, it was like a god symbol, an Eve symbol, an Adam symbol, and like a monster symbol. Yeah. So they had to press the symbols all in time before the plank disappeared. And obviously uh Montrose knew the knew the saying, and they, they ended up getting through. And I was like, bro because like i said i had just told you about the part if i was montrose i'm not jumping but i was like damn they needed montrose for that right there because they would have died regardless if uh montrose wasn't there i was like damn montrose was clutch montrose was definitely clutch bro and uh what what scene was after that bro what scene was after that uh i think that's when we get to the water scene right or yeah. we do, do we get the ruby or is that ruby we flash back to ruby i think it was ruby yeah it's ruby we, we, and then to the water scene yeah okay yeah okay. So this is what I was talking about before, before the Marshall shit had happened. And I said, Ruby, I got a bone to pick with her. Ruby at this bar, she performing. You know, she doing her nightly performances that she do. And she ain't getting no good buzz from the crowd. It's like a dead crowd this night. <laughs> so she at the bar, she just drinking. She like, fuck it, I'm just going to drink tonight since I can't perform. No, because she has to, she, no, remember she has said, I don't have any money. She was like, don't pour me yep. a drink because I don't have any money. 
And then uh, the owner had told her, no, nah, Blue Eyes got your tab. Yeah, and she looks down at the end of the bar, and it's William. And I'm like, damn, I, I forgot. I completely forgot about William until I seen him right there. I was like, I forgot William was even in this damn show. So Wasn't William in the scene before that, though? I don't remember him. He, he was in the scene because you remember the cops was following Christina to the house. He, she, they were following Christina to the house. That. I thought that happened after. No, because you remember after he beat him oh, up, after yeah, he beat the yeah. uh, after he beat the cops up, he was like, "I got to go to a date or some junk." He had said like that. That did happen before. That yeah. did happen. So just for y'all who who didn't catch that, after Christina went to the police station, she went home, had police investigators follow her or whatever. William peeped because Christina was like, "It's a car across the street." He beat their ass and was like, "I got a date." That, that was foreshadowing to now, which is the date. Mm. And William walks up to Ruby, and he's basically he trying to he trying to flirt with her and whatnot. And she like she basically telling him like I know why you white boys come to this side of town for women like us and blah blah blah. And we we not for the talk, we not for the have sex, we ain't doing none of that. And she was like, you're not the first white boy to like promise me to do this, that, and the third, and everything. And William was like, I can keep my promise though. And that's when she went into detail about how she felt Letty is the reason why she didn't get the Marshall's job. And she just, Ruby just wants a successful life, but she feels like other people in other situations are hindering her from getting that. And William is basically telling her, look, if you fuck with me, I can give you all that and more. And then she she'd have had a few drinks at this point by now. <laughs> and she was like, shit, you keep buying me liquor, I get whatever you want. <laughs> I was like, man. The song that popped up in my head, I made the tweet about it earlier. The song that talked, the popped into my head was Pussy Talk by Sydney. Oh, yeah, I seen that. I seen that. I seen that. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> please don't tell me that Ruby Pussy Talk bourbon. Because I first thought <laughs> this is exactly what happened. It <laughs> does, bro. It does. It does. After a few drinks in, she looked at Will and she was like, it ain't going to happen. And then literally a couple seconds in, it, it started out. I was like, damn. <clears throat> yeah, bro. Titties on Ruby. <laughs> yeah bro so he gives her a promise that he can keep the promise so he can give her everything that she wants so they end up sleeping together but this was the point I thought you were going to bring up was the blood you remember You remember? Yeah, I, I seen that I was like no nah, I got a bone to pick with that too because I ain't into freak shit like that but look I don't think it was freak shit I think it might have something to do with Dracula because I was like I was like bro, look you see I put it in my notes bro I was like does it have something to do with Dracula, bro? They're going to play on that. Because you see how he looked at it. You see how he looked at it? He was like, hmm. And he, and, he, and he just ate that thing right up and went right back to it. I was like, that was, bro, who is doing that? Nobody is doing that. And that's why I was like, Dracula? I just thought it was some freaky shit. No, bro. I was like, that has something to do. It has to have something to do with Dracula, bro. Thought that was some freaky shit. No, bro. <laughs> no, now nah, I really gotta rewatch the episode tonight. Bro, I really gotta rewatch it. Because oh, I don't know what she cut her hand on, but she cut her hand. And she, he had looked at it. And, like, and she just cut her hand. Yeah, yeah. She they were like messing around and he she cut her hand and he was like, he just ate that thing right up. It's like, bro, nobody's doing that except for somebody who wants to taste blood. I'm mad as hell that Ruby wasn't alarmed by that. Like, <laughs> bro, another thing I was mad at Ruby about the the dude had like a satanic tattoo and yes. it caused nose red flags. I'm like, you got a whole like, um, anybody that knows like you, if you Google Illuminati shit, like you see the devil thing with the. When I seen it, it was like 
it reminded me of uh okay, remember on Black Panther when Michael B. Jordan when he took his shirt off and he had the the things on his body? Mm-hmm. And he was like, each one of these is for a kill. I don't think they stand for the kills, but it wasn't a tattoo on him. It was like those little mark things going all around his chest. And it was like devilish horns or something like that from satanic stuff that you see with the Illuminati. So that creeped me the hell out. But, bro, I just thought about this because he's a bright white. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if but all the bright whites are sons of Adam. So if he's a son of Adam, but he got a satanic tattoo, that don't add up. <laughs> yeah, it don't. That's why I'm lost. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that that man has a good he's gonna play a bigger part because he hasn't played that big of a role up until now, but because that's confusing. I, like, right I now. forgot about him. I forgot about him until this episode, really. Yeah, that's gonna play a way bigger part moving forward, bro. Cause I just thought about it, bro. He's supposed to be a son of Adam and he got a satanic tattoo. Right. Nah, bro. They're gonna play on that way more. But um, also what I wanted to um, say about the Letty and the William meetup was that I think they're going to, like I already said it before, I think Letty will be used by Christina and William. Oh, you mean Ruby? Oh, yeah, yeah, Ruby, my fault. But I think um, they're going to use her to get to Letty because yeah. uh, we just seen it in the past episode that she couldn't get into the house like she wanted to. And I think she's going to use Ruby to get inside of Letty's house, maybe to steal the pages. Or something like that, maybe to get the tick or something along those lines. She's gonna use Ruby to do it because she can't really step into the house like she wants to. She can't walk freely, so that's probably what she's gonna use Ruby for. Because I don't think she thought about Ruby until she couldn't walk into the house. Because I don't think Ruby was gonna do any have anything to do with their plans until she couldn't get in the house. And then she was like, Ah, how how else can we get inside? Ruby, that's that was the bingo. So right. I think she's going to play a way bigger part. That's probably like Ruby. I don't think Ruby is so much being used as to she's volunteering because I feel like Ruby has just had enough of everybody else's shit. And I feel like she's just at the point where it's like, I want better for myself. And if I got to do this, this, and this to get what I want, I feel like that's the mindset she in right now. So mm-hmm. I don't even see her necessarily being used. I feel like she's just going down the path of I'm trying to get it my own way. Yeah. But this is the point I bring up again, bro, with the Christina always has bad intentions. It's like, yeah, she's trying to promise you a better life. That's but that's bull, that's bullshit. That's cap. She's just trying to get to Letty at the end of the day. It's William right now. We don't know if Ru- we don't know. If but Christina y'all know, but you know who they in cahoots, man. William and uh, Christina a team. We don't know if Christina gonna say something to Ruby or not. We don't know yet. Don't throw dirt on my dog name. Yeah. 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 Christina op, man. I, I rock with Christina, but she a op for sure. Yeah, halfway up. Yeah, halfway. Halfway. <laughs> All right, bro. Let's get to this water rise scene, bro. So we get to the water rise scene. They're walking through like the tunnel, and this was the same tunnel we was talking about that was underneath the house. Like that like we seen at the end of the episode, it was like an elevator that panned all the way down. It was like dead bodies, and you seen like the lights kept flickering on when they kept going yep. down the, like the pathway and like the trail. And we already knew it was gonna play a big part in this coming episode, and it did because that same tunnel that they were walking through in this episode. It's the same thing that they were... It led uh, to that, basically. It led to that. And it's crazy because, obviously, their house is in Chicago. And they were in Boston. So the fact that they were connected is crazy. And I don't know how that worked. <laughs> and the fact that they were only down there for... Because you remember when they were walking, Letty was like, how long have we been walking down here? And Tick was like 20, 30 minutes. So mm-hmm. the fact that the tunnels can connect it, 
in less than an hour, but in real time on top driving, it's like hours and hours away from each other. That was crazy to me. I was like, so wait a minute. It's like a 30-minute tunnel between these two destinations underground, but yeah. above it was – I was like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, bro, because the reason or, like, how you knew it was, like, a connection of that is because of – Letty also said it was, like, a body. She was like, that, that looked like a neighbor that went missing or something like that she had said, and it was like – Yeah, because remember the, the three white boys at the end of episode three, their bodies was down there in the tunnel, and that was one of the bodies that floated up on her when she was swimming through. And she yeah. recognized the shirt and the haircut and all that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also it was like bones, because there was also bones in that tunnel when we seen at the end of the episode. Oh. And they you've seen the bones and like the skulls and things like that. And also another hint till it was connected to Lady's house was the elevator. Because yeah. yeah, on the way to get to like the door to open up uh everything to get to like the book of names pages, you had to walk past the elevator. And then the uh, not Titus, but Tick was trying to basically tell them like Y'all can go home, go on home to the uh, with the elevator. Y'all can go home. I got this. Yeah. And that's when we get the part where Letty was like, "No, nah, this ain't all about you." Type shit. Like, nah. Like, we all been going through shit. Montrose got kidnapped. I've died. It's like, bro, everybody is involved yeah. here. It's not all about you. Like, that's like, the, like the universe don't revolve around you. So, but yeah. I feel like that played a part to the orrery. The universe don't revolve around you. Oh. And the two sons. Remember, Hippolyta was trying to figure out what are the two suns revolving around, like, because the sun doesn't revolve around anything. But, oh, yeah. It revolves it, around him or the break. They lights. don't know what universe that is, but maybe that's a universe that revolves around the sons of Adam or Tick in this situation. Oh, yeah, see, I, I, put, I put that together. Yeah, I did. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's clean. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, also, bro, we also get the uh, admission of 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 Montrose that he burnt the book or that he had the bylaws of the order. He basically told Letty them and he was like, because uh Tick had asked, he was like, how do you know so much of the sons of Adam? He's like, bro, you you keep telling us you uh you did the combination, you keep telling us it's more lodges, it's 34 lodges. How do you know this? Yeah. He basically had told him, he was like, all right, I read the book, but I burnt it. And Tick started to snap on dude. He was like, bro, what you talking about? What you burnt it for? He's like, man, because you're not gonna cause what he said, he's like, you're not gonna stop Tick. He said, I got I to gotta right. stop you from yourself, basically. But you you tagging along at the same time. He's yeah, like, that's what I'm like, bro. <laughs> make up your mind. Like, damn, if you're going to help, help all the way. That's what, And that's my problem with Montrose, bro. It's like you be helping to a certain extent, but you also mess up the plans. It's like you're more of an op than Christina at this point. Damn, if we man. keep it in a beam, he's more <laughs> of an op than anybody else. You're messing up everybody's plans. It's like, dude, you're crazy, bro. You're crazy. All right, so we uh, already passed the elevators. Uh, and then it's the oh, father-son. It was the father-son moment. This is what I wanted to bring up, bro. Mm -hmm. Because like I said before, um, I think we had got that in like episode two that they didn't speak in like five years before this time. Yeah. And then like when the water is rising, it looks like they, they could possibly drown. They have a father-son moment. They talking about Letty, how Letty reminds Montrose of Dora back in the day and things like that and singing them a love song or whatever. And I was like, man, why you want to be a dad now when y'all about to die? And you can't be a dad in any other time, bro. But you feeling these pressure moments. You feeling like it could go either way. Now you want to get it all out, bro. It's just like, Macho's be getting on my nerves, dog. <laughs> and that's what I just wanted to say. I just want to say Macho's getting on my nerves. That's what that, that, that part really affected me. Really I mean, did. I appreciate the father-son moments, though, because he was really, like, telling Tick, like, look, like, 
you need to apologize to because she wasn't talking to him for like the next however many minutes and um Mancho was like look like just you need to say you sorry like because he was like she reminds me so much of Dora of your mother and like when we used to argue and everything my father always told me like you gotta have a song for your lady like and just play that song in your head and know that the argument will be over by the time you finish the song. Because mm-hmm. all that, all arguments are is just love expressed in a different way. And mm-hmm. I was just like, damn, he preached it. Yeah, that's deep. That's, that was deep, though. It was definitely deep. All right, bro, you can get on to the, uh, like, the, the tick and the blood and the door and things like that. That's Yeah, so they, they finally get to the end of the tunnel where it's this door with, uh, it was kind of similar to the door that Montrose told them how to decode. But in this case, you got to stick your arm in to unlock it, and you got to have the ring on. And I guess whoever tried to do it before, <laughs> they ain't do it the right way because <laughs> it was a whole arm just sitting in there in the door. It looked like it was, like, cut off from the body. And it was like, what the hell? So they take the arm out, throw it to the side. Tick puts the ring on. He was like, I'm the only one who could really do this. So he puts his arm in, and he gets, like, he starts bleeding, and he starts screaming. So – I'm thinking Tick. I'm thinking, damn, please don't tell me Tick finna lose his arm and he finna be one arm Tick for the rest of the season. I was thinking the same <laughs> the thing. When I seen it, when I seen it squeeze his hand like that, I was like, Tick might be his arm. I was like, they have to take this man. <laughs> but what they did was they just literally had to scratch him or cut him so the blood could flow through the rest and unlock it. I seen that in something else. I can't remember. That was in something else. Can't remember what show or whatever I seen that in, but that reminded me of something. And it unlocked the door. He pulled his arm out, and it went through. And it was kind of like a ship, almost. Like mm-hmm. it kind of, the inside kind of looked like one of Titus's old ships back when he was a voyager. And they see the scroll that they were looking for on with the this pages. Page. Yeah, with the pages. Oh, well, pages. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it was in like a scroll form, and it was in the hand of this corpse. And they go to reach for it. The corpse started. Like break dancing and shit. I'm oh like, oh my god, bro. This was this is the problem I have with the whole situation, right? This is the problem I have with the whole scene. Because, bro, if any black person is seeing a corpse transform, you don't know what it's transforming into. You just see it transforming, bro. And you they just they just call it standing there. The fact that I seen it move, I was like, yeah, I'm out of there. That's like, what I'm saying. My, they they just chilling right there, like, whoa, just just calm down. Let, 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 let's wait. Let's wait. I, bro, I would have been out of there, my G. What y'all sitting and waiting for? So basically, the the corpse turns into a live body, like it, it goes from dead back to alive, and it's oh, I don't know what the hell this thing was. It was a he she yeah. It was a he man woman hater. <laughs> yeah, because she had a, she had a dick, and she yeah, I'm pretty sure she had a uh, vagina. So yeah, penis and a vagina right there. <laughs> and I guess like she was supposed to be a spirit that represented man and woman or something like. She was some kind of being, mm. and. She was kept there because I guess Titus, whenever he went to different lands, the indigenous people that he would try and get answers from for the book, like he would capture some of them or whatever. And he captured her and she told him, like, can you please like give me back with my family? And he did. But the catch was he killed all of them and imprisoned her in the ship for for eternity, I guess, or whatever, however long it was. Yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know what brought her back to life. Was it because Tick was down there that brought her back to life? I'm pretty sure it's because somebody just touched the scroll. So if anybody touched the scroll, I'm pretty sure she would have came back to life. I'm pretty sure because because that's that started her transformation, I would say. Yeah. 
because I don't even think they touched it though. I think they reached for it. No, no, Montrose, Montrose had touched it because Montrose was like, let me let me get this and we'll bounce. Uh, Wasn't it like, I think Montrose had touched it. I didn't know if he yeah. actually touched it. I thought he was a Yeah, she had, Montrose had touched it, and that's when she started transforming. It was like, oh, let's, let's calm down a little bit. And the crazy part was, this is how you know Tick got – Tick hasn't tapped into his full power yet. This man is speaking a language that nobody else knows. So, <laughs> like, the lady being or whatever, she's speaking in a, a dead language, and Tick perfectly understands what she's saying. And Letty and Montrose looking at her like – looking at him like, you understand what she's saying? And he's like, I don't I don't know how. Like, I just know what yeah. she's saying. And they're talking to each other, and she's explaining her story. And they're asking if they can get the, the names on, on the pages. And she's like, I don't blame you for your forefathers, but I'm not going to help you with anything that you're requiring from me. Yeah, because she's like, I don't, I don't know your spirit because I know the spirit yeah. of your forefathers was they killed my people and they really left me out in the dry. So I don't know how who you really are yet. You know what right. I'm saying? I got to learn you more. So I'm not going to help you because I don't know you type job. So that's how she was. But the lady's name was Yahima. That was the name of the lady. And she was from Arawak. She was an Arawak woman. I just looked that up. So that's, that's where she was from. Oh, Arawak. 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 <laughs> yeah, she was an Arawak woman named Yahima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she did everything she just said. Edgar just said. Um, okay, yeah. So we get to that part. She tell him no. She's like, nah, I'm not going to help y'all with nothing. Deciphering the names. Then um, Tick ended up grabbing grabbing the, the pages of the book of names. But when he grabbed it, the, the window started to break and the water started to come through. And as soon as they didn't even get like five feet, right? yeah. the water just started gushing in. Like basically as soon as, as soon as they started to run. So as soon as they started to run, they back, they back like under because they had to go to like a, a level over to get yeah. to like that, that floor where Yahima was at and where the book of names was. So they dropped back to the tunnel area and they swimming back to the elevator to get them back to Letty's house. So they swimming and swimming. They ended up getting to the elevator. When they get to the elevator, the book of the pages like float away basically. I don't know who let them go, but they float away and Letty got to go get it. So they trying to hold the elevator back, hold the elevator back. It was a real dramatic scene, but Letty obviously ended up getting the pages and swimming back to the elevator. When they get back to the elevator, everybody cool, they happy, they got the pages. Uh, Letty and uh, Tick, they end up kissing, so everybody cool. But then, oh, Yahima starts to scream. Yeah. So we, everybody was coming in the air because it's like, bro, loud ass scream, bro. My nigga, it was a siren. It was like a siren type shit. It was so loud. Tick said, punch the shit out of that girl. I was like, oh. I was like, whoa, you ain't just asking to shut up. <laughs> bro, but this is what I realized though. In the explain video I had watched, she was a siren. So if she would have left, or that's what they said it in the, uh, like after that scene, she was like, she's a siren. And if she ever would have left like the captivity that she was in, if she would have got away in the elevator, she was going to be a siren. So she was going to scream all Anytime day. She opened her mouth, like, that's all, as that's soon all as she you. opened her mouth, she was going to do that little siren shit. So he had to knock her ass out or she wasn't going to shut up. So that's what he did. So they basically cut that scene. That was the end of that scene right there. And then we get, uh, get to the end. But then uh, you could talk about the D and uh, Hippolyta scene. Uh, so basically, Hippolyta and D. They are in the car. They driving back to Chicago, and D is like, "How did they get home without using Woody? Like, where did they? They don't got no money. They don't got enough money to fly. They don't got enough money to get their own car and go all the way back to Chicago." So D is like, "Why did they just leave us in Boston? And why did they? How did they get back home?" And Hippolyta looking like, 
man, somebody finna answer my damn questions, dog. <laughs> I got too many questions. We finna figure out what the hell going on. And she noticed D is looking at the atlas that Uncle George leaves um uses when he goes on his trips um for safe havens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Hippolyta sees that and she's like, Is that your daddy Atlas? Like, what's that doing in here? And she sees that uh Devon or Devon County was circled. And that raises her suspicions even higher. She's like, Why is this area circled? Like, why is there a line that leads to this? And she does a full blown U turn and D is like, Well, where we going? What we doing? Like, what you trying to do? And she was like, We finna get some answers. And I'm like, Man, this lady finna go to Ardo. Bro, that's bro. Somebody needs to warn her before she get there. Somebody needs to. Somebody, by the grace of God, need to stop her because she's going back into the Sundown County that we just encountered in episode one. Yeah, she don't. She don't want that smoke. And she with Baby D. I don't want nothing to happen. I, Hippolyta cool, but I really don't give a fuck if she die. But she got Baby D with her. I, I need Baby D to stay alive though. Come on, bro. You can't go into Devon, Devon, whatever county. With D, bro, you can't, bro. It's too dangerous, way too, too dangerous. dangerous, bro. And I, I hope she don't think she really gonna get some answers because they ain't telling a black lady shit in that county. And it's the monsters too. The monsters. I think the monsters still out there. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That. Oh yeah. They probably gonna mess with her more than the cops, probably. Because if she going out there at night and she and she's not aware. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Let's just hope she over there in the daytime. Let's just hope that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just hope for that, man. But that was that was a crazy scene. And then we, this was the last scene of the of the show. Is when Yahima was they all settled down now, and like uh, Tick was talking to Yahima. He was just trying to get like a little more background on what was going on with the whole siren situation while she was yelling and things like that. And she told him, or yeah, she told him that uh, Titus put a spell on her, so whenever she left, that she would become a siren. And I don't know what she would attract by being a siren. I don't know why. She would have to be a siren. I think it was just a curse that he put on her, like yeah. just for it to be a curse. I don't yeah. think it was for I don't think it was to attract anything. And I think they're gonna play on that. So like let me let me finish describing this. So yeah, he ends up telling and she ends up telling Tick that she doesn't know how to break the spell. She don't think she can break the spell. So whenever she opens her mouth, that it's gonna be a it's gonna be a screech or a siren. So they, they still talking, but she Tick thinks that she can still help the group. Because yeah. he can decipher the book of names. So she was like, so Tick was like, if she can decipher the book of names, like, that's better for us. We just need to teach her English. That's the only thing. That's the only step that we need to do. So they was like, and that's when we get the father-son moment between Montrose and Tick. He was like, you was brave out there, son. I, I'm uh, proud of you. Your mother would have been proud of you. You you became a good man in spite of me. And Tick right. looked like he was about to cry. And it was real emotional. You know what I'm saying? And then. I was like, this is a good way to end the episode. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too, bro. <laughs> I already knew Jordan Peele couldn't leave us on a good note. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he leaves us, and then Montrose goes back into the room, right, where Yahima was. So he closes, he closes and locks the door. Yeah. And then he just walks up on her. She don't say nothing. She don't know really know what's going on. And, she, and he walks up behind her. He's like, I'm sorry. And just cut her throat, slit her throat wide open, and she just start bleeding. So you obviously have to assume she's dead, bro. But this is why I wanted to say that that siren thing is going to be a playback. I think, I think uh, Montrose knows something about her that he does not want to tell anybody. I think that siren attracts something, and I think Montrose knows that. That's why he slit her throat. But I, don't think, I don't think the siren had anything to do with it. I feel like 
Tick had a point of if we just teach her English, she can write the names down. So I feel like Montrose thinking that, like, look, if she learned English and learn how to write these names and write whatever spells or whatever that Tick needs to know, like, I feel like that's why he did what he did. He just killed her just to kill her, and he slit her throat that way. So you think he did it with, for no purpose? You think she did it for no purpose, really? No, he, he did it for the purpose of she don't – he doesn't want her to help out in any way possible. Like, if you eliminate her, you eliminate the possibility of deciphering the book, a- at least as easily as they thought they would have. And I, I feel like he slit, her, he slit her throat because I feel like if he would have tried to kill her any other way, she would have screamed. And then that would have woke Tick and Letty up, and you know, shit would have hit the fan sooner. But I but mean, why does he want to make it harder on himself though? I don't know. It's Montrose. This man always making it harder. But then I was thinking, I was like, obviously he doesn't want Tick to be involved with this anyway, so maybe that has something. And that's probably the that's reason. What I'm saying. For like he he just doesn't want this to be deciphered or none of that. So yeah. But I'm feeling like, like I'm feeling like it was something about her that he didn't want to be around because you obviously already got the pages and you know that she can help. So if you done been through all of this Montrose, we done been through near death situations. We got the lady. We we this close to deciphering pages, and you are gonna make it this much harder when you was riding with us through the whole excursion. Right. It's like, bruh. And this is the, what brought me to the question of: Is Montrose jealous of Tick? Or does he really just want to protect his son or his so-called quote-unquote son? Because I was like, is he jealous of him because does he want to be a bright white at the end of the uh-huh. day? You don't think so? Uh, I don't forgot the reasoning that I had, but at the end of the episode, I had got that feeling. Maybe he's jealous. I don't forgot my Montrose reasoning. don't want to be involved with this shit at all. Like, <laughs> Montrose want to live his life in his apartment. He don't want nothing to do with this shit. But he knows this is not going anywhere. This is always going to be around. That's what always gets me mad about Montrose. You know this is not going anywhere. Christina's in the city now. She lives in the city of Chicago. She's not going anywhere. So it's like, you're making it harder for us, Montrose. You really are, bro. You really are, bro. But what was your favorite part, bro, of episode five or episode four? My favorite part? Damn, what was my favorite part? Probably the bag scene. The funniest scene. When Montrose oh, was yeah. bad, <laughs> that was that was damn near my favorite scene. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, cause this episode was just real chill. Like it was it a was. real chill episode. It was. I w- I would say the bag scene too. Like I guess I put it in the notes. That joke was just hilarious, bro. And he dropped a bag and still leaped into dude's arms. I'm like, I'm not trusting anybody that much <laughs> to leap into somebody's arm after they just dropped a bag. I'm not trusting anybody, bro. I promise you. But I also, like I said, I felt like that, 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 um, that, damn, what's her name? Ruby and William scene is way bigger than what we want to make of it right now. That when he yeah. ate the blood or when he drunk the blood or whatever, I feel like that's had something to do with Dracula. We see a certain books keep popping up like Dracula and the Count of Monte Cristo. I feel like that has something to do with it. We see the satanic tattoo. So that's something like Dracula already. So it's like those pieces are starting to get clicked together for William. I'm like, that could be Dracula right there. You uh-huh. feel me? That, that, so that's dope. That's dope right there. He just got that Dracula look, too. Like, he got that vampire look. He does, though. He and gives me that Twilight vibe. Oh, I was just about to ask something. Have we ever seen him in the light? We've never seen William in the light, bro. Oh, oh wait, wait. Because you got to remember, because even when they walked up to the house, he was inside. He never walked outside, did he? I think he was outside when they was... um. When their memories got wiped and they woke up the next morning, 
and he walked them outside to eat lunch. Oh, was that him or was that somebody else that walked them outside to eat lunch? Not damn. Did William stop out the door? I might have to watch that back. Damn, did William walk? Did he walk all the way out there though? That's what I'm saying because somebody walked them out to the patio to eat lunch that next day. Because I I, I wonder if that was him. Yeah, I know somebody walked him there, but I I want to know if they actually if he actually walked them to the table or if he stopped at the door. I think he walked them to the table. I gotta rewatch it. I think I gotta rewatch that because now I'm interested because if he hasn't gone outside the house, even if it's light, if he stayed inside, he good. So if he's never been outside in actual light, that could be another Dracula tale. It's like, bro, you've never been outside the light, or you haven't been out there for that long because even Dracula can be out there for like a couple of minutes. He just can't be out there for that long, or he'll like disintegrate. You know what I'm saying? So even if he has been out there, it's still like a Dracula possibility. And that tattoo just gives it even more uh, uh, relevance, I want to say. Uh, so what, what do you predict for episode five? Episode five? Episode five is crazy. But I feel the same way about you um, that you do about Ruby. I feel like Ruby going to really be heavily involved in this next episode. She's probably going to go in the house and stir up some shit and probably try and look for the, um, the orrery. And mm. I feel like it's going to Letty's gonna peep that Ruby is doing some crazy shit, and I feel like they're gonna have a conflict. So I'm looking forward to a Letty Ruby fight, yeah. possibly throwing hands. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> definitely a definitely a cat fight. Definitely a cat fight. But um Yeah, man, I had told Edgar coming into this episode though. I was like, man, I really after watching the previews a few times, I really couldn't decipher what we were gonna get. They were switching this. scenes way too much. Yeah, I really couldn't decipher what this episode was going to be. I know Ruby and Christina and William are gonna be heavily involved, but I don't know. I, I see that she discovered magic though, because I remember the butterflies had yeah. were flying around and she she had said something about when that. after they had sex, like you seen William, he was showing her his magic and everything. So. Yeah, so I know she's gonna discover magic, but other than that, man, I can't tell you too much on what I predict. So I'll just ride with what Eggert's saying for right now. Um, but, yeah, man, that's the end, bro. Um, rank them. I guess crazy we, as hell. The show crazy as hell, y'all. It's still y'all crazy as hell. Don't, don't let this episode fool you. It was, it was, like I said, I still like this episode. If I had to rank it, it would be a 7 out of 10. I still like this episode a lot. Don't get me wrong. I still like this episode. But it just wasn't as great as the first three that we got. You know what I'm saying? So definitely shout out to the show. But rank them. I think that would be something that we end off with. Just rank the, the rank the episodes. Uh, same rank I had before. It's just episode four is dead last. So episode three, four? one, two, four. And I think I had one, three, two. Ooh. Mine is three, one, two, four. Do I want to put four above two? No, no, no. So I'll do I'll do one, three, two, four. And that's that's my ranking. And that's probably what that's probably how we're uh, in these with the rankings of the episodes. But yeah, man, we appreciate y'all for listening. And Eggert, hit him with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at Q underscore and underscore E underscore podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page, Q and sign E Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Q and E Podcast. Click the notification bell and hit all so that way you can see anytime we drop. Our email, Q-A-N-D-E podcast at gmail.com. We answer all business inquiries, fan mail, questions, concerns. We'll get back to you as soon as possible whenever we read those. Uh, Quincy's Twitter is Q underscore Hicks 3. Mine is Edgar Martin 97. You can follow Quincy on Instagram at Q Hicks Production. And you can follow me at Edgar Martin Official. 
Yes, and you can subscribe to us on all of our podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So definitely subscribe. Like I said, subscribe to YouTube as well. And obviously, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Type in Quincy Hicks into the search bar, and I'm the first name that pops up. Definitely subscribe. I got the little director's little clip in there, so definitely subscribe, bro. Come with future content. And I think that is it for the episode. So we'll be back next week. Peace.